Welcome to the Stars Singer Podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany Van Boxtel, and I specialize in the art and science of vocal performance, helping singers just like you to give amazing performances so that you can feel comfortable, confident, and in total control of your voice every time that you walk on and off stage. This podcast is here to help you on your journey to becoming a star singer. So let's push play on this episode. On today's episode, we're talking about building a culture around your music with Evan Price, who is the founder and CEO of Artist Collective, a music and consult a music consulting and branding company dedicated to getting artists back to the music. We chat about how to build your super fans, the people who are going to love your music and your singing, focusing on the top five brand values and how that's going to help you, how to incorporate your brand values into your social media in order to attract more fans, how to grow your fan base faster. I know that you want to tune in for those tips, creative ideas to set yourself apart from other singers and bands. And how to use insights and create campaigns for free in order to draw a bigger fan base. And that's insights on Instagram, insights on Facebook. And Evan talks about how you can check those things out for free and how those can help you. How to book venues using your brand values. And how to collaborate with others who share overlapping values. So if you're looking to grow your fan base and build a culture around people who love you and love your music, then you definitely want to keep listening to this episode. So here we go. All right, I'm here with Evan Price, and I'm super excited to be talking about how to build your audience and create a culture around your music. And Evan, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you help singers and musicians? Sure, yeah. First of all, thank you for having me. This is, this is awesome. Um, a little bit about myself. I've been in the music industry since uh, probably about 15 years now, since I was about 14. I started as just a, a drummer in a band with my friends and we wanted some of our favorite bands to come into our town, which is Springfield, Illinois, and nobody was coming through there. So we just took it upon ourselves to contact the agents. They're like 14, 15 years old and said, hey, we have a venue here. We can give you give them some pizzas and a couple hundred bucks if they want to come through. And we kind of just started. We didn't realize we were honestly starting a business there. Um, and I found that I really enjoyed the business side of things and helping artists, whether it be singers or musicians or um, anything else, hosts even. I like seeing their, their growth. Um, I felt like I enjoyed that more than actually performing. So... Fast forward, I just went to a music business school in Chicago and never left. So I'm kind of trying to build, build my empire here. So what we do now is we like to educate artists on how to do it themselves, more of on the DIY side, possibly before getting a, a record label or a lot of our clients don't even look for a record label. They just kind of want to do it themselves. But there's a lot of moving pieces when it comes to the industry. So we try, our, our slogan is getting artists back to the music. So it's like, we wanna to try to save them as much time as possible by providing them all the, the strategies and the tips and 
telling them what we know so it can save them time so they can, of course, get back to the music and get back to singing and get back to performing, which is what their passion is. So, yeah, that kind of sums up uh, what, what we got going on at Artist Collective. Awesome. Yeah, it seems like very quickly it can just turn into you are doing all the things. You are booking, yes. you are project manager, you are negotiator, <laughs> you are all the things. So that's super cool. So what is one of the first steps that you would recommend that a singer take as they are beginning to build their brand and gather people into their fold? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, if you're going the route of, you know, like, I want to be an artist, I want to be a singer, I want to make, uh, you know, have my own, my own stage name and kind of go that route where you want to upload your own music and be your own brand. Um, I think step number one is figuring out what we call uh, your brand values. Um, that's something that pretty much every major company does as a brand. And that's one thing that small businesses, even uh, artists included, kind of skip. They just go straight to the, oh, I'm, I'm selling music, that's my product, so let's just skip everything else. But nowadays, it's like you, they, fans and customers of all kinds need to feel connected to the brand for anything to really happen um, at scale. So finding those brand values um, is really important. And what that means, since you're your own person, you know, you're not just a burger place, you're a person singing under your own name, most likely, your brand values are your personal values. So really digging into yourself and figuring out, cool, what do I value? Is it, is it family? Is it um, perseverance? Is it determination? There's a huge list um, that I'm going to share with everybody, I, I believe, at the end uh, that will help you determine what those are. Uh, but that, I think that's really important. Find those values. Awesome. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people talk about like target market and target audience and a little bit about values, but I like how you approach it from a value-based mentality so about how many how many of these values are we are we looking to create <laughs> right um I, I like to narrow it down to your top five um top 10 top five and really focusing on those because uh the exercise that i have for everybody to do is is pretty crazy. When I did it myself, I have all of our employees do it. When I did it myself, I'm like, wow, this is like really like accurate. Like these are the things that, that, that are valuable to me because when you focus on those five and you hyper-focus on it, that's when you start to find what we call super fans or, you know, mega fans. Uh, other people call it different things, but we like to say super fans. Those are the people that are like, they basically feel connected to your top five values as well. And the way that they're connected, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about more later, is putting out that content. People don't know what you value until you tell them. So you have to use, push that through your content. It could be an Instagram post. It could be a Facebook ad, whatever that is, telling people what your values are so they can say, hey, I value that too. I, I actually really dig this brand. I'm going to go check out their music or go buy a ticket because I feel connected to them. So focusing on the five is, um, is what I would recommend for sure. Awesome. So would you be willing to tell us some of your brand's values as an example? Some of our brands, oh yeah. yeah. Let, me pull that, let me pull that sheet up. Will this close if I, no, we're good. I don't think so. And I would also like love to hear how artists can use them inside their content. So it's not like you're an Instagram post and you're like, my brand values are integrity, family. Like you're not gonna let- Right, there's, there's, a, there's a sly way to do that, to do that for sure. Um, you don't wanna just like, I mean, 
you could just make a post and be like, this is my brand value. But there's, it's like, first you have to determine what they are and then right. be like, cool. Now what posts are going to tell that story? It's all, it's all about storytelling. Ooh, which is um, great for like Instagram stories. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And like figuring out your posts and how those are going to reflect. Um, yeah. So some of mine here, I just pulled mine up. Some of mine, which, you know, for me, let's just think about me as a, as a company, I started it. So I would have, my company would have reflected my personal values. Um, my top five are ambition, creativity, empathy, honesty, and self-awareness. Um, and in the sheet, I actually list that for everybody to see so they can kind of get a good example. And I, part of the, um, the exercise is telling us why those five are like with a little story. And it really helps you realize, oh, I'm this way because of this in my childhood or whatever. It's, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of uh, brain hacking and therapy sessions when it comes to this. So that's why I think so, you know, self-awareness is on there for me. So that I think that's important for artists as well. So that kind of gives you an idea of what, what brand values I'm, I'm kind of talking about. Well, this is great. And I see a lot of people like skip this step because they're like, oh, it's like pretty easy. Like I could like do that. But it really creates the basis for a lot of your content, right? Yeah. It, it's the basis for everything. It's for ba the basis for you as a brand and as an artist. And yeah, you might know what you are, but like I didn't really understand it fully until you wrote it down and you could see it physically. Oh, cool. That's what I value. So every, every piece of content, every conversation I have with a new fan or just somebody you're trying to get to a show or to do something within your business, um, you have that in your back pocket to be like, oh, cool. Mine is you know, creativity. So when your fan is talking about, you know, oh, I'm an artist, boom, there's a connection you can make with them. You can pull that out and, uh, you know, almost like a, a sales tactic of sorts, but still a genuine connection with them. Like, cool, you know, there's a sly way to do it without being like, I see that you value creativity. So do I. Like, <laughs> no, you, you're going to, you're going to kind of sneak that in and, and that'll, that'll come, come with time. But First step is figuring that out. What do you value and why do you value it? And how can you showcase that to the world so you can find your super fans that also value those things? Yeah, that's great. And thank you for sharing that. We'll put that in the show notes and then, you know, people can really take that first step. I like it because it kind of gives you an idea. Like if you're using Instagram stories, you can think, okay, I'll just rotate these values. Like mm -hmm. on Monday, I'm going to talk about this this week. What kind of story can I find? So what are some of these ways that people that you've worked with or you have kind of slyly woven these values into the, some of their content without being like super overt, but like making that connection? Sure. Yeah. I, this telling a story is, uh, I think, one of the, the, the best ways to do it without just, you know, being a Webster's dictionary and just saying the definition of ambition today is this, like you're going to run out of stuff. So telling a personal story, like with your journey is what I recommend for artists as well. Um, I feel like artists get caught up in kind of flexing a little bit like, Oh, I'm in the studio. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. It's like, that's just kind of empty over time. Like those are cool updates, but if that's all your content, people are going to get, get bored and they're not going to feel connected. There's going to be like, Oh, he's in the studio again. Cool. That's great. Great, great update. But if you're able to say, cool, well, I was in the studio and 
tell a little story about one of, you know, surrounded maybe around one of your values, like um, teamwork or something. Oh, it was great being in the studio with um, X, Y, and Z. We were able to collaborate and build something better. If I just would have gone in there myself, like this would have happened. So telling a story, make them feel connected is really important. And when you have that, that anchor, that baseline of going, off of one of your values, it makes it a lot easier. So you're not just scratching your head like, what should I post? I haven't posted in 17 days. I'm running out of, you know, I'm running out of pieces of food to take a picture of or something. So <laughs> it's like, I think that, that that's the best example I have is telling that story. A lot of on my personal um, feed, I'll talk a lot about ambition was one of mine. So it's, uh, I have a post on there talking about continuing to fail, like the like keep, keep failing, keep doing things. So you fail. So you learn from it. So that's kind of speaking to my ambition brand value of sorts. Like don't give up, be ambitious, even if you're, you fail type of thing. So that's kind of the sly way to do it, but just by telling a genuine story about your journey and then artists or I'm sorry, fans of artists will start to feel highly connected to them and they'll stream every song that you have. They'll, they'll buy every ticket if, if they have an emotional connection, if they have an emotional trigger. Yeah, what you mentioned before about, oh, I'm in the studio, you know, like, you're right, without a story, it almost creates like a disconnect. You're like, oh, I, oh, good for him. Like, I can't relate to that. No. Exactly. Especially if um, a lot of artists don't understand that a lot of their fans are other up and coming artists that are looking up to them, not just some, somebody working in, you know, in the marketing department of some bank, just like, oh, I like this rapper. Like it's other artists that are looking up to them. So if they're able to connect with them, say, Hey, I'm going to tell you the real story about how hard it is, you know, coming up as an artist or something that that's when they'll feel connected. Them just saying I'm in the studio. Yeah. The, the other artists will go in the studio too, but they're, it's, it's still empty. It's just like, cool. Tell them a story about how you can get it in the studio. Then that artist will, you're bringing value to that other artist. That's also a fan and they'll love your stuff even more. I'm sure. Awesome. What are some other ways that we can find our fans quicker? Ways to find your fans quicker. Um, or like attract them to you. Um, without feeling like you're not making any progress forward. Sure. I think honing into those brand values and honing into who you are, who you actually are, and you, it'll start to snowball because the biggest mistake I definitely see is, is artists trying to appeal to everyone. And that's where that slow growth happens. Cause they're just like, I have music, you have ears, so you must like it. Like that is way too broad. Like find those people, you know, if you, I'm trying to think of, a, of an example. If, if you are an artist that, you know, you're a reggae artist, a lot of your target audience is going to be people who, who smoke marijuana. You know what I mean? That is a niche target audience that it's like, oh, but I like reggae, but I don't want to, I don't want to leave out the people who don't smoke. It's like, I understand that, but focus on those people first and watch it grow. And then people, you know, word of mouth is one of the biggest, biggest ways that, that artists start to take off. And, and social media is just the digital version of, of word of mouth, in my opinion. So to answer your question, to get it done faster is to get more fans quicker is to really hone in on those values and like what that culture is. The, the, the title of this podcast is building, building that culture around your artistry. So what is that culture? 
what does that look like? And if you think it's not specific enough, it, that's probably true. It's probably not specific enough. So just try to get it down as specific as possible and focus there for a month. And I'm sure you'll see, you know, much faster growth than you, than when you were trying to appeal to everyone. Do you find out people are often afraid to get really specific? Absolutely. They don't want to leave out anyone. From my experience on consultations, they're, they're so against getting even more specific. It's like, oh, but we're going to leave out those people. It's like, I understand that, but. <laughs> I think that's from an impact perspective or a fear perspective or. Yeah. Um, from a fear perspective, is that what you said? Yeah, like if I don't appeal to everybody, like there's not going to be enough people for me. Exactly. Yeah, I think it comes from that. Um, I think it just comes from they just, they want quantity over quality and and they don't want to admit that, but that I think that that's true, that they just want a bunch of ears instead of quality ears. Yeah. And I don't know if that has to do with how the industry is portrayed with the, the, the huge pop artists, but artists all over the world are making a living doing this and half of us won't even ever know their name and that's okay. So it's just about accepting that it's like, you can, you can do this and make a living and have a bunch of super fans. I mean, if you have 1000 super fans who actually spend money, you could likely quit your day job and just do it full time. Um, so focusing on the qual the quality over the quantity is very crucial. Awesome. What are some other ways that we can build a culture around what we're doing? I mean, should we like create names for our fans? Like, I don't yeah, know. Ab like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you can do things like that. Uh, well, what's your example on names for fans? Like, uh, what are, what are Justin Bieber's fan names? Oh gosh, I am so. Is it like that? Is that what you're talking about? Like believers or something? I don't remember what their name. Yes, are. something like that, or like, I don't know, like store singers, or like you know whatever. I, and that's just you know the, those are kind of uh, quirky ways to definitely make people feel involved. But even just like a private newsletter with everybody, where it's like you're just you're just almost shoving down your brand values down their throats so they understand it. And that's the culture. I mean, the culture is, you know, so my culture would consist of ambitious, creative, honest, self-aware people who just want to, you know, who want to embrace self-growth. Self, self so how do I build a culture around that? I do that with content. I do that with live events that, that reflect all of those things. Um, an artist could do that as well if, you know, their culture is... Uh, you know, let's go back to the reggae example, like cool throw live events where it's, it's all about like uh, pro CBD oils and things like mm -hmm. that. Like I found if we were talking about live, like live um, performances and live shows, I've found the most successful live performances are those that create that live culture very niche cultures. I've got an act I used to work with called Purple Tokyo and they're a very niche vaporwave glitch like live like so unique they they were caught up playing constantly playing showcases that had a, a hip-hop artist a country band another DJ um, just a, an acoustic guy like things that didn't fit 
So that was the live performance example of them trying to appeal to everyone. Well, I want to grab their fans. I'm like, cool. You think the country, I mean, the country fans might like you, but like, why wouldn't you focus on the ones that you know, like a higher percentage would enjoy your music and your culture. So we started to build live events only around them. We call it, we started to call it shades of purple. They were called purple Tokyo. So we brought in a bunch of glitch artists and neon artists and integrated them and created an experience and marketed with very, very low funds and got over 300 people there. And that's the biggest show that they've ever performed. And when they were doing the showcases, they maybe got 10 people to buy tickets. But once you, once they honed in on that specific niche and that specific culture, the glitch culture, the DJ, um, the, the electronic culture, and even like, you know, um, the, the other artists within the, within the city, that's when people were like, oh, I get you now because you created an experience for me and you created this culture. So long story short, I think that is, that is a great way to start building that culture is finding what your, what you, your brand values, figure out what like the aesthetic is for them. Purple was in their name. So that was easy, but, but yeah. That's cool. And then everyone at that event can also like if they like Purple Tokyo, they're probably gonna like this other band that's there and this other band there so they can all kind of share fans and it opens up other opportunities for collaboration and um, faster and better quality growth. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's like we were very specific on who we had on the show too. It's like, I'm not gonna do the same thing that we didn't want them to do and get a random rock band to come there if it makes sense and they're like and they can prove like yeah we have the same tar target audience because you want to eventually grow out and you want to bring in other collaborations that aren't just that niche but it has to make sense it can't be that out there and broad that you know you're you're fishing in a in an ocean instead of fishing in a, in a lake or a pond when it comes to thinking about target audiences and, and marketing strategies. So that's kind of where we live when it comes to suggestions is like, I don't deal with a lot of pop artists that are fishing in that ocean where it's just like pop, pop music is called pop music because it's popular because mm -hmm. most, most people in, enjoy it. It's, it's easy. They pretty much, the, all the melodies are pretty much the same, slightly different. So they're fishing in that ocean. The majority of artists that we deal with, and I feel like uh, a lot of your your listeners would likely live, would be in the in I'm sorry, in the pond or the small lake when it comes to to marketing. So figuring out what which one which one of those two you are, it, you 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 can find that out through your values and what your culture is. Yeah, it sounds way harder to market to popular music. <laughs> like it's just never ending. You're just like. How do I even make myself different from all these other people? Right. So hard. And on the training that I'm going to send everybody, it kind of, it shows you a way using Facebook uh, audience insights. So it gives you actually a visualization of what we're talking about right now, where what you just said, you go in there, it essentially is a list of everybody who is on Facebook liking things. They know everything about you. They know your age. They know your gender. They know what other pages that you like. They know where you live. They know the, your zip code. 
So they use, it's like that's data that artists and other businesses are, aren't using. It's, it's, it's available to everyone. We all paid the price of giving away that information because we just, you know, because Facebook is free. That it, it's free because we are giving away all that info, that data that we can also use, which is kind of cool. So when you go on there and you type in, I want to find out who, uh, you know, who likes uh, Marilyn Manson. So everybody who likes Marilyn Manson also, it, Facebook Insights will also show you what other pages those people like. So what you're talking about, the pop artists, if I go in there and type in Justin Bieber, the other pages, since there's so many people that like Justin Bieber or Justin Timberlake or something, it's, it gives you such broad answers like, oh, they also like downy paper towels or Walmart. It's like, it, those are so broad that we can't really use that. But if, for instance, I typed in um, Chance the Rapper, which is a, a rapper here in Chicago, from, from here in Chicago, his, his list is, is much, much smaller. It's still pretty large, but it's much smaller. So it's not like they're not going to say they also like Walmart if that makes sense. That's kind of the ocean versus the lake. And now if I type in a, a local artist on there, it's going to probably give me a couple pages. So you know that it's, it's very narrow. So dive into those and then you can kind of scale from there when it comes to marketing strategies. That's a great tip. I think people only are thinking about using the insights if they want to create like an ad campaign or something like that. Right. So what are some ways you kind of spoke a little bit about it, but what are some ways that we can better use those insights to determine what kind of content or what kind of strategies we should do next? Well, yeah, if you are, I mean, and you can, I agree with you. They feel like they can only use that when they're doing campaigns, but you should be doing campaigns, even if you're not able to spend money on it. Just posting on Instagram, you know, solid for a week, that's a campaign figuring out a, uh, an email marketing campaign is still one that you're not spending any money on. So artists should constantly be looking at ways to cool. How can I post, you know, to bring in people that, that value honesty, how am I going to do that? Now let's look at where they would possibly be living. What else do they value if they value honesty or what other pages would they like? If they value honesty, maybe find an, a couple other artists that are that are in your realm and go on to Facebook insights pop in their name, find out, oh, cool. I mean, we're even talking past music because people don't just like music. They like doing other things, other forms of entertainment. So if, you tie, if you're able to find, you know, um, trying to think of another example, um, if you go in and find somebody who, another artist that you feel correlates with your brand values, put it in their name and, they, and then you look, oh, cool, people who like that person also go on this website. So then you can target, okay, people on that website, let's go look at their content. What, what kind of content is that website posting? So kind of emulate that. So it's kind of tricking the system into, into grabbing the, that audience. And you can do that without spending any money, if that makes sense. So um, just, there's so much data and so many statistics out, out there. I can under, I, I empathize with, with artists that it's like, which is one of your brand values. They're so <laughs> exactly. They're so overwhelmed with everything. And these are quotes from some, from some of my clients. They're, they feel so overwhelmed that they end up doing nothing, which mm -hmm. I understand. So it's like, there's so many statistics. There's Spotify, there's Facebook, there's, there's this and that. So it's breaking it down and figuring out what you like and what your culture is, and then just take it from there. 
and uh, use this, the stats that you can and the, the other things that you don't understand or you don't want to worry about, just, just don't worry about it right now because there is a lot. There is a lot out there. Awesome. Yeah, I get a lot of questions about actually a lot of people asking about like booking and stuff and it's like that's not my jam like I help people to sing better and give their best performances but I get a lot of questions about booking and they'll be like well how do you like book more gigs or that kind of thing and a lot of it comes down to like what do you sound good singing what do you sing because if you're doing like a musical theater style like you're not going to want to you know get in the purple tokyo festival or whatever you know it's just not gonna work for you so when like i like what you said about that that was great (laughs) yeah and with booking i I can touch a little bit on that i actually have some things from within our company that actually might assist your um yeah your listeners uh my business partner his name's vinnie hines he was on american idol that last season before they came back um and specifically correlating with your listeners, he spent about five or six years on Carnival Cruise Lines. So mm-hmm. I see he's basically, he told me he saw a lot of singers that kind of would just go up there and play piano or they have like special um, shows that they would hire like musical theater people to come up there. But so that might be a good route for people to look into. So Carnival Cruise Lines, there's a bunch of other Disney cruises, things like that to, you know, when you look at, when you look at booking. But if you're an artist that wants to kind of build those super fans up and have a name for yourself, when it comes to venues calling you up and booking you, you're gonna need those, the, the brand values and you're gonna need that target audience because they're going to ask, because yeah, like what you said, if you're musical theater and you're trying to get booked, this random Purple Tokyo Festival is not going to book you. So you need to figure out who your audience is so you can then mesh it well with other bookings or other venues. And when it comes to venues, most venues do not have a walk-up draw as they call it. They want, they, Basically, it's not like there's hundreds of people that just go to the venue no matter what's happening there just to check out music. That doesn't happen. So the venue is going to say, cool, for one, how many people can you bring? And, you know, if you're able to give them that data like, hey, I think I should be booked there because my target audience is X, Y, and Z. And I feel like your venue correlates with that very well. Boom. Now you, now you have a better edge than just everyone else trying to call it and get booked there. So having that in your back pocket and figuring out, figuring out who your target audience is, you can then either connect with the venue directly or you can connect with other artists that you feel is also shares your target audience when they come through town or you can pair up with them and do a show swap or something. But without having that information first, a lot of artists are just kind of like throwing crap at the wall and hoping something sticks so it's like they're just trying everything like, oh, I want to get booked here or here. And it's like they don't even have that foundation yet of who, you tr- who are you trying to, to uh, collect? Who are you trying to get, a, get to be a fan? Yeah, definitely. Where are some places that you would recommend that your fans gather? Like we have like Instagram, we have Facebook, we yeah. have like maybe an email list. Like what's your favorite? I, we are mainly on Instagram um, when it comes to being active. Um, definitely on all the other platforms as well. We, we have a, a nice mailing list going too. Uh, right now we're working on building out our own custom platform that uh, would be more of like a membership 
where it's just kind of like people who want to join ours collective can kind of get fed all of this, all of these things that I'm telling you about all these different strategies. And when new applications are dropped, um, we'll do walkthroughs of them and kind of help speed up that process of trial and error for, for artists. So that'll kind of be its own platform, but mainly when it comes to social media, definitely Instagram. I just enjoy it. I enjoy pictures and videos. I think that it's a good platform for artists to start building as well. Um, building, building up first. I never really understood Twitter. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> it's its own beast. I just don't get the short, the like, what is it? 46 characters. I, I, I just don't get it. it's 140, but Yeah, definitely. Um, and what are some ways that you, because a lot of people talk about like an email list and like making sure people are like, kind of, I guess a little more in, in your control. Um, what are your thoughts about that? And what do you recommend for people who are looking to like sign up for my newsletter? Like, okay, like, why should I do that? Exactly. Um, if you're doing a newsletter, bring value. Don't just say sign up for my newsletter. People, people need something. Some example. Oh yeah. Um, you know, a sneak peek of a, of a, of a new song. Um, I have an artist that I work with. Her name's Vibe Queen. So she does a lot of things with uh, self-awareness and just like, you know, self-love type of things. So that's her culture. That's her, um, her brand values. So part of her newsletter, it's funny because it has really nothing to do with her music yet, which is totally fine, which is another thing to talk about. But she has a daily and a weekly newsletter called a daily and weekly vibe where it's just kind of some like daily and weekly motivation and things that feed into her brand culture. So for the newsletter, they get some, we some weekly and daily motivation and some tips on, you know, any, everything from meditation to um, self-awareness to uh, overcoming self-doubt, things like that. And it's also giving in exchange, they, they just give their email so she can then use that for when she has new music as well. So she is leading with value. And I think that answers your question the best. Uh, don't just say, don't just say, join my newsletter. That's just not enough. Find ways, find unique ways, even past my first example, which is give a free song. That's great. But if they don't even enjoy your music yet or listen to it, how is that valuable to them? So I think that's a good way for maybe existing um, people to, to give out, but finding that value first that, that leads into what maybe those five brand values are. So you just might have subtly alluded to the fact that people don't have to like your music right away. Like, and if they like you, that might be enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Vibe Queen doesn't even have any music released yet. Wow. That's crazy. So because, like her name is awesome. Like I love how it's like the daily vibe. Like it goes with our brand. Like it's so cool. So yeah. when she does release it, music, it's going to be crazy, I feel. Exactly. And her and I actually have a new, I think I briefly talked to you about this before. Her and I have a podcast that we're doing soon called Vibe Talk Music. We actually yeah. have five episodes recorded already, so it's going to drop soon. But that is very, it's like having her, her, her brand culture and my brand culture, like, you know, picture a Venn diagram where that podcast lives right in the center because it's, my followers and my super fans who are 
ambitious artists that are hungry to learn new strategies and overcome their own obstacles. And then her people who aren't, aren't just musicians or fans or anything, just people trying to kind of level up their consciousness. So that's where Vibe Talk Music comes in, where it's both of those people. It's usually artists that are looking to level up their consciousness. So we've found a way to correlate those our two brand values and our two cultures and bring it together and in a, in a nice harmony. So I, I hope that that works out. I'm excited for that to drop. That's so cool. So when is that going to drop, you think? Um, we have to record a couple more episodes and get the final um, edits of them, but probably in the next 30 days. Awesome. Very cool. So I'm sure that that'll be, we can put that in the show notes as well. That would be awesome. Right. But yeah, to, to go off of what you said before too, they don't have to like your music. They just kind of have to like you. We're kind of in an age where the artistry is it's like, you, you can be more than just a singer. If you're listening to this and you're, and you feel like, you know, you're, you're, you're listening to this podcast and all the other podcasts that she has and you're leveling up your, your talent and you just feel like you just want to be just a singer, you can just, you can be more than just a singer and like actually become an artist and have your own brand and have your own voice and spread your, the culture you want to, you want to build. You can absolutely do that. And your talent of singing and your passion for music can live in there as well. And it doesn't have to be the like topmost thing. It's just, you know, build the brand around you and what you like. And then the music will kind of be there as well. Um, I like, I say this a lot that, that um, the music is actually not the product that your business is selling, that you're, you are the, you are the product. So how are you going to sell yourself as the product of your own business, meaning your personality, your culture, your brand values, and the singing and all that stuff, that's, that's, those are cool too. But a lot of my other clients aren't just singers. They also do photography. They also are video designers, or web designers. So they're able to get, kind of put that in a nice pot and say, this is my brand. I sing, I do this, I dance. I like to do podcasts. I, I'm a tech geek. So it's like putting that all in and, and expressing it to the world and you'll, you'll find your fans and you'll, you'll sell music too, I'm sure. You'll get gigs and you'll, do, you'll have other ways to, to, to make money. Yeah, and back to your point about Vibe Queen I, and her email list, I think that so many people think that, oh, you know, they're signing up here. They want to hear my music. You know, they want to know more about that and that's great. But I don't think a lot of people think about offering like something different and like a little more on the I'm going to like give this to you side something very creative right and I think I mean we're, we're dipping our toes into the vibe talk music type of topics which I, I'm, I'm down with a lot of that comes with doubt self-doubt they doubt that what they have to say is meaningful I went through that we everybody goes through that Oh, I, I don't, people don't want to hear what I have to say. So I, the only thing I have to bring is my voice, meaning singing. It's like, that's not true. You can, you can level up and say, I, I have, I have a story to tell too. We all have a story to tell and what your story matters. And guess what? The people who want to listen will sign up and the people that don't will not sign up and who cares about them. And going back to ma uh, mailing lists, I'll have, I'll have clients that will build up their mailing list and never send a single one because all of them say the same thing. They're afraid that people will unsubscribe. And again, that comes back to self-doubt. 
Well, they, and if they do unsubscribe, like who cares? They're not for you. You're attracting, you're repelling, you're who are my people, who are not my people. Oh, you're not my people. That's cool. And I mean, that, that, that thought process just is bizarre to me because, but cool, if they unsubscribe, that's, that's all right. But if you never send one, they all, you might as well not have a mailing list. I don't understand. Like just send some. Um, but when you're, you originally talked, asked about mailing lists, um, my advice is yes, actually send, actually send blasts, bring value. Number one, actually send some out and make them short. Don't you do not make them bulky and quote unquote fancy with your album artwork and a bunch of fancy things. Cause for one, most email clients will flag that as spam and most yeah. people it anyway. And two, it's just messy. People see that immediately. For me, I'm like, oh, cool. Somebody's promoting something to me. Delete. Mm -hmm. I like the clean email lists where it's just like, looks like text. It looks like it's an email from your mom or something. And then having some value within there, like you're going to get a lot more conversions than sending out, hey, I have my new release. Here's a picture of it and 14 videos in this, in this email. People aren't even going to see that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been so cool. I'm so excited about your Vibe Talk podcast. What kind of topics are you going to do on there? <laughs> um, the ones we have recorded right now are um, The Power of Now, which is Living in the Now. That's my favorite episode. That's the first one we recorded. Um, her and I have been reading, or actually for, we've read through it a couple times. It's, called, it's the book called The Power of Now. I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever heard of it. Eckhart um, Tolle? What's that? Yes. Eckhart Tolle. You got, it. you got it. So we're obsessed nice. with that. So I wanted that to be, so it's basically we, we bring in, we'll call them spiritual self-growth type of topics and tie it to the music industry specifically. Like, cool, these are great, you know, meditation. That's a great topic in general, but how can you do that as an artist? How can you do that as a musician? And how does it correlate with the, with you building yourself as a brand? So the power of now is one, um, uh, practicing gratitude, um, as an artist and the, you know, how, how that relates to the music industry. Um, uh, vulnerability is an, is an inter interesting uh, episode that we have. Um, basically overcoming that self-doubt and like, you know, the faking it till you make it type of, type of strategy. We've kind of reworked that strategy, but just things like that. Um, that sounds so cool because that's a huge part of it. Yeah. Absolutely. I, mean, I feel I like that's, that would be a, a, is that a big hurdle? Would you say for a lot of your listeners, confidence, building confidence, be, becoming vulnerable, things like that? Definitely. I think, you know, like things like giving them permission, like giving permission to like dream a big dream or like mm -hmm. have success or like just being patient about like, I need to develop my craft, that kind of thing. I'm not sure if I'm good enough. Sure. Um, it's not happening fast enough. Yeah. Just lots of lots of things in there for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's so cool. I haven't seen any other podcasts like that, so I'm so excited to check that out. <laughs> well, where else can we find you and learn more about you and Artist Clocked? Sure. Um, like I said before, Instagram is kind of our bread and butter. Um, Artist Collect on pretty much everything. It's also artistcollect.com. Um, you can find me on, on Instagram. It's at AC underscore Evan. Um, I believe that's the same thing on Facebook as well. Uh, yeah, you can shoot me a DM. My, my uh, 
cell phone numbers on there as well. I have a little text chain that I text people. So hit me up on there. I'll send you some free stuff, some free links. And once we have this new platform, this new membership platform that I'm really, really excited about, it's kind of like the next step for our company for us to be able to help more artists because right now it was like very one-on-one and we can only take so many people and this is kind of a way to expand that so once that releases um if you hit me up and send me an email i'll send you a send you an invite to that but but yeah that sounds awesome i love your text idea that's so cool (laughs) well thank you so much for your knowledge and for being here today for sure thanks for having me Thank you so much for choosing to hang out with me today. You are amazing for pursuing your dreams and becoming the star singer that you were meant to be. You can join the star singer movement by leaving a rating and review on iTunes or sharing this episode on IG stories. Leaving a rating and sharing this episode helps this podcast get seen by way more singers just like you. And that is creating a massive impact in one of the giant goals of this podcast, which is eliminating fear, anxiety, and non-productive competition from the music industry and helping to create a new music industry for singers based on collaboration, love, and making a difference and a real impact with your music.